How's it going, everybody? Welcome to this edition of Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. On today's episode, we bid a sorrowful adieu to Jason Aaron writing the main Thor book. Yes, this is our second to last of the Jason Aaron retrospective episodes that have taken us all of 2022 to accomplish. You did it, everybody. You listened to us talk about so much Jason Aaron Thor um, that it, it took 15 parts to do this man's complete collection of stories. And I'm so excited to talk about it today. We're going to be talking about the uh, the trade under the name of uh, it's Thor War's End. This is like all of the uh, it's like the epilogue to the War of the Realms. So for this episode. I have brought in a friend who uh, most recently was with us on the She-Hulk review. I have been on his show multiple times. Brandon Blockstore from Apollo City Comics is back to talk about Jason Aaron and Thor Comics. Brother, how hey. is it going? Dude, this is really cool because not only was I here for the beginning of the Thor run. You were. Um, I am here to bookend it and right. to like oh. wrap this up. You know, I didn't, I, even, I didn't even really didn't think realize about that. that. No, yeah. we didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you, this is appropriate as hell. You um, started the the journey with with Curtis and and you we talked about Gore the God Butcher and like God Bomb and God Bomb. Yeah. And that those were good days. Those were did those I, good, didn't I do another one? Did I do it, another oh it was like the Garth Ennis one? That was a different Thor. Right. Oh, we did yeah. Thor Vikings. Vikings. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. It, it, rated R Thor comics. Jeez. Yeah. Zombies. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, this run has taken us all year to do. We have had so much get thrown into this. And tonight we kind of deal with the outcome of the big crossover, but also there's some, there's some cool points that I think get made here towards the end of what Thor as all father are going to look like. So I'm ready to get into this. I know Brandon's ready to get into this yes. and we're going to, we're going to listeners. We're going to help try to guide you through these issues. We do have one other part because you might be thinking, Oh, this is the second to last part, but you're saying this is the end of the Thor ongoing series. Just a quick little disclaimer. There will be a, a another episode of the retrospective. We're going to be covering a four issue limited series called King Thor, which was the actual like epilogue of the entire run that Jason did on Thor. Isad Ribbit comes back for it. Gore comes back. Loki gets all, you know, he gets necro god powers, whatever that means. What? And it's <laughs> it's the last few issues are insane. So that is going to be our last episode of the Jason Aaron retrospective. And that's going to come out in a few weeks. So uh, I believe Will and Faz are going to be back for that one. But today we end where we began with Brandon talking about the Thor main series. So let's jump in. So we are, uh, I am reading from a physical uh, trade. I believe Brandon, you're reading from Marvel Unlimited, correct? Yes. Yeah. So uh, it'll be fun to see kind of some of the differences, listeners. Um, and we'll play like a Where's Waldo with, you know, what's what's different in Brandon's edition, what's different in mine. Um, the 12th issue of Thor, the uh, the the Mike Del Mundo art, uh, art portion of the Thor story, um, it is a it is a weird little kind of side story featuring Loki. 
and uh, it is called the war of the lokis and this this issue is taking place as loki is inside the stomach of his father laufey so he's kind of having these trippy visions and dreams almost like a uh christmas carol um, like the the yeah. the Loki of the Loki of Loki's past and the Loki of Loki's present and um and the future Loki who uh, we're gonna really meet next next time on the retrospective the Necro God Loki. Um, this issue is a lot of fun because Loki has a lot of conversations with himself and a lot of you know why why did you turn out this way how could you have turned out differently um they see a uh, a a young version of Malekith in this issue and uh Malekith, oh, young Malekith breaks my freaking heart every time brandon <laughs> absolutely Dude, every time that's what caught my attention about this one and you know what? i had to reread this issue twice because i i didn't comprehend how wild it was to see like the past i didn't realize i was past loki for a minute and then once you that like really clicks in and it's super clear in the writing it's just like you're so absorbed with like that design of past loki and how war and destructive he was and what he's doing to young malketh like yeah he shaped this entire thing and it is kind of all his fault and that was just like a deep cut you know and i mean that's the cool thing about loki you just like you know he it's always his fault Oh, okay. and, yeah, at the end of the day, he always has something to do with what's going on. Yeah. Either it passively or actively, he's always involved on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love my my so my favorite line of this issue is Loki talking to Kid Loki, and Kid Loki kind of like <laughs> says, like, dude, you're pathetic. You're living, yeah. you know, you're living in your father's castle like a freaking rat in a hole. And Loki kind of fires back at him and he says, he says this on a few pages and I believe it's halfway through the issue. He says, there must always be a Thor. I have heard it said, and I suppose I might even agree. But if Thor is the sword that protects the realm, Loki has always been the sharpening stone. In other words, I did the best I could for as long as I lasted. Now take me to hell away from this wretched place and let me suffer and die in peace. (laughs) I love so he, how that has like a whimsical like you saying it out loud like you know what I mean like that's how good Jason Aaron is of a writer you know like the way he hits certain like that has to be like some sort of meter of like speaking the it's way that almost sing-songy yeah you know yeah and uh did you have any like lines or parts that really like stuck out to you man because I know um you, you love yourself a good story well, like, uh, you know, the seeing the birth of like Malketh and seeing him as a kid and like seeing like what shaped him. And then you understand a lot more, you know, and then right. that necro Loki, I did not really comprehend Ooh. what was happening there. Uh, That was insanity. And I was kind of just also heads up. I hadn't read this far into Thor. I'm still like yeah. in volume three of like, I'm on like the Jane Foster stuff still. So, and it's like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, to the you, but, you know, the overall beats of the story. Yeah. What's cool about this too, is that I haven't read war, war of the realms either, but like, and these are tie in issues and tie in issues typically are like really muddy and hard to like get through. If you don't know what's going on in that main. Yeah. You know, what's what the umbrella of. is. Yeah. And this was a real clear cut type of thing where it's like, this was like a fun Loki story, if anything, you know, I could have read this by itself and been like, that was just fun. And I want to invest more into this. And that's what a fucking comic should do on your first read. It wasn't confusing. You kind of got the premise. 
Um, the same thing, even, you know, bleeding into the next issue, like it had the same right. aspect. It, it was something you didn't really need to know all about War of Realms and what was happening, but like you just got this cool uh Cole, is that his name, right? Cole. Yeah, Cole yeah. Cole Borson, the god of fear. Yeah, the god of fear. You get his whole like it was just a fun story from him. And that's the thing. Like you got a whole arc out of him and you got to see how he changed from him being a child into his final last decisions to sacrifice sacrifice himself for the children to let them live. Right. Like, he wouldn't have done that like when he was fighting Odin as being the older brother. Like you got to see a story arc within him. And yeah. it was just a clear, fun, just epic tale about him. Cause I had and even he even says, like, uh, I don't know if it was this issue, but another one, it was like, uh, you may not Oh yeah, you've never heard of me. Yeah. Let me guess. You've never heard of me. And this was eons ago. Like I had never heard of Cole before this. So yeah. This Cole like is cool, like, um for for fans uh for fans who maybe don't know uh cole is odin's older brother and uh, cole is the main villain kind of antagonistic force during the uh 2000s crossover uh decade crossover uh called fear itself oh cool. and cole is also known as the serpent so uh if you hear like in thor comics them reference the serpent or the god of fear that is odin's brother cole borson um who is uh he is he's still around in in thor comics um he is not not a villain to be uh trifled with so uh cole big deal but cole like brandon mentioned in issue 13 our next issue it's entitled the ballad of cole borson the god of fear and it's um i mean it's a great one shot character study that yeah. we're not going to go really deep into because cole explores a lot of themes of his relationship with odin he explores a lot of like how people view me and how i want people to view me and weakness and strength and there's a lot in this issue there is one part um and it's right at the beginning that i really wanted to highlight it's part of the narration this is cole talking about how he treated odin um and i really like this because uh you know we mostly know odin as the old you know white bearded all father this is when they're kids and Odin, uh, Odin is trying to lift the hammer, uh, but Cole says this, I knew my little brother would choose the largest weapon he could find, such as his rage toward me. And even at that young age, his love of all things grand and gaudy. I mean, have you seen his headdresses, right? He tried for hours to lift that ridiculous hammer until his arms hung limp and useless. And then... Uh, Odin says, I can't lift it. I can't lift anything. Cole says, so you forfeit your strike. They've got this bet going on that Cole is going to give Odin one strike. He's going to let him choose any weapon in the arsenal of Asgard. And he gets to hit him with it once. And in return, Cole gets to hit Odin with one thing. Um, so uh, Cole says, now it's my turn. Odin says, do your worst, brother. Hit me with with whatever cudgel or mace you would like. Um, you'll never make me shed another tear. I'd rather die first. Cole says, oh, you won't die. You will merely wish you had. And then it goes back to the narration. 
And Cole says, and then I whispered in his ear, I whispered words. I heard our father grumble in his drunkenness when he didn't know I was eavesdropping. I told Odin that Bor, what Bor really thought of him. And the best part was most of it was true. Odin screams back at him. He says, damn you, brother. Damn you to the frozen depths of hell. Why are you like this, Cole? Cole says, by this, do you mean victorious? Odin says, but you didn't even hit me with a weapon. And Cole says, oh, I did indeed. The strongest weapon in the entire armory. The weapon I wield better than any in, any god in Asgard. I hit you with your own fears, little Odin. Until next time, brother. And he walks off of, he walks out of screen. Odin is the, he's the future all-father of Asgard. And Cole fells him with a whisper. Yeah coincidentally another god that we were introduced to you know when when odin or when thor was felled with the whisper uh that nick nick fury hit him with that's what um, i'm thinking of yeah so it's, it's just a cool um a cool mirroring of powerful gods being felled by whispers yeah. um so i really i really loved that um, well you know he does so many of that those type of things and it gets like you know jason Aaron even gets like you know kind of a little political in a lot of sense i mean just looking at like you know people being brought down by whispers that, that goes for like people in today's power getting brought right. down by rumors and like social media then you have like uh Roxxon, which is like this corporation that's just destroying the environment that's just yep. like corporate fucking trash that's just destroying everything and it's fucked up but it seems all grander and amazing and a spectacle yeah and lying to the people and even with like Cole, like um in this one when he's getting the mushroom uh crystals there's a panel he says there's he, the kids are like but our chains mr cole please and he's like sorry but given given time little dark elves grow into big dark grow elves. up to be oh and those are the ones uh, i'm at war with you can thank me let, later for letting you live long enough to grow up before I kill you until then. And then it says, even the God of fear has his own fears. And that's a total reflection of like how a lot of our older like politicians and like people in the country view a younger generation at that. Like, I want to keep you meek and strangled and down there because if not, you're going to grow up into something I hate. You and, grow up to be um, competition. You grow yeah. up to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, Cole was brutal in here and you almost think like I had forgotten this issue a, a large portion of it and I was like is he going to kill these kids? Uh-huh. But at the end he actually he releases them. He releases he them and he gets redeemed by kind of sacrificing himself so that these dark elf children, these slaves can be freed and on the last page the the children all grab weapons and they kind of stand they stand up against their oppressors. And they say, because they, they're not, they do not want to fight Malekith's war. Oh. They at all. They are, they are the, you know, they are, it, I guess the only comparison I can really think of. It's like World War II. If you're a German citizen and you don't support the, the Nazi kind of regime, yeah. you're trying to like, you want to save the heart of your country instead of you know go along with you know this madman who's taking you you know in a, in a direction that you don't approve of the the kids all scream as they fight back they say death to the war death to the old ways we want the realm or we want the realm and we want it now in the name of cull in the name of cull yeah yeah they're chanting the name of the asgardian god of fear who just it, it coincidentally became their savior yeah 
I love how it rewrites his like little history right there. You know, right. the chain breaker. The there was something else too right after that. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um uh they call him like Cull the Breaker of Chains. Yeah. Um yeah no it's it's really really good towards the end. Um the third issue that we're gonna talk about is uh, issue fourteen. This yeah. issue is called To Hell with Hammers, and this is really the only issue that ties in and fills in a lot of gaps with where the crossover as a whole didn't go into much detail. This whole issue is through the lens of young Thor and young Thor um, not liking hammers. I mean, one of his, one of his first lines is I hate, I hate hammers. Like I've always struggled with this this thing and you know it challenges me to be worthy and he has this you know this big problem with trying to lift the hammer but uh, he's brought into the future to fight this pivotal moment of the war of the realms where malekith has kidnapped odin and freya and he says only thor can come through this like magical barrier and or thinks of a loophole and he's like well it doesn't say that only one thor can come through it says only thor can so Thor, like present day 616 Thor, Jane Foster, who has wheel, she picks up the war hammer of and she of, becomes like the coolest Doctor Who reference ever, the war Thor. And there was the war doctor. The war doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Um, and then you know, you have uh, all all father Thor, or as I affectionately call him, old man Thor. Yeah. Um, then you have young Thor, and young Thor continually tries to prove himself through this whole thing. He's he's brash and he's arrogant and he, he is wrestling with, am I, am I worthy? Um, you know, or do I even want to be worthy? Yeah. You know, is the hammer just a nuisance that I, I don't really, I don't really want to deal with. Um, there is, there is a good conversation that happens beforehand where the, the old King Thor pulls him aside and he says, uh, young Thor, God of the Vikings, always quick to, uh, to go rushing into danger, but you don't even know what sort of death trap we're facing here. Talking about Malekith, um, who we will, uh, we will get to on the next page. We'll see uh, how he describes himself. Uh, that's a fun bit of a uh, bit of description. So uh, young Thor says, suppose I would rather, be good at facing death you're you you ancient pile of dust and beard for by the looks of you i live to be a few billion years old i all father thor is older than any other god that has ever lived but know this thunder boy we are we are outside of our own timeline we have gone where even immortals were not meant to tread which means our destinies are anything but assured any of us can die this day then let us die like Thor's and they all lift up their hammers and um, they, you know, say hell, you know, hell yes. You know, let's go. Young Thor says, bah, you withered old lot. Can you can keep your damned mallets. I have the strength of youth and the rage of the Viking on my side. All I need is my ax, my thunder and, and a goat between my legs. Between my legs <laughs> and then they rush fucking. into battle against, the scariest version of Malekith I've ever seen. Is that like Walter Simonson Thor, like the one with the eye patch and shit? Like, no. The, so that is the um, there throughout Jason Aaron's run. Uh, this is probably a good reminder for listeners as well. Is there's three versions of Thor that have been floating around 
in different time zones, three versions of Thor Odinson, the young Viking Thor, the modern age Thor, and the yeah. all-father Thor, who is from thousands and thousands of years into the future. He becomes the central character of the King of the King Thor uh, miniseries at the end. Yeah. And of course, then there's Jane. But uh, yeah, these four Thors have been kind of the main driving force of the entire run. And uh, yeah, they're all the the past, present and future Thors. They're all Thor Odinson, but just at different times. So they're they're not really they're not different characters they're just that the same character at different ages if that makes sense it it just seemed like that inspiration with the eye patch and like the i mean is that what thor looked like at this point in this run the oh oh you're talking about the 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 main present day thor yeah yeah yes so during the war of the realms he sacrifices one of his eyes to to gain the knowledge necessary to stop malekith like fucking okay that makes sense yeah so okay and like speaking, Odin did to the world tree and shit like that. Right, right. Um, so Malekith is imbued with the power of the Venom symbiote at this point. Now, keep in mind with, with the with Knowles. Yeah, he he's symbiote. got um he's got the you know very very neck necro sword esque vibes to him. Yeah. Um, and he he describes himself this way. He says, "I am I am the." This is the symbiote of Null. It has been engorged by my magic. Call it the symbiosword, the venom blade. Call it whatever you like. Just call me the Butcher of Thors. And they start this fight that goes on for pages. And young Thor is, he's still the point of view character. He still won't pick up the hammer until uh, Odin and Freya are put in you know the most desperate harm's way that they've been put in the 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 Svartle Svartle venom yeah that's about to ask you how to say it yeah it's uh it's a giant um kind of like it's one of Malekith's hellhounds that has been mixed in with the symbiote and young Thor goes after it because it's attacking Freya and out of nowhere the hammer because of his action to go after and save his his mother and father, he he grabs the hammer and all the lightning and the thunder he shoots out from it and all these venom symbiotes are, are dispatched. And um, there's a moment here at the end where young Thor is holding the hammer and he says, uh, he's like, what? Th- this hammer is yours, talking to the old King Thor. He says, oh my gods. Old King Thor says Thor and Jane are dealing with Malekith and that's happening, you know, in the part of the big crossover that's covered in the main, you know, comics of that part. He says they're handling Malekith and can you feel the sides of the storm that we're, we have brewed up together? The skies are about to start raining fire. Just keep me on there for a little bit longer. You've earned it. And again, the whole part of being Thor is, you know, there's this constant tension of the worthiness that Thor has. So for old Thor to say to the youngest Thor, you've earned it is really, it's really cool. Um, And he says, it's, it's not heavy at all. It's actually lighter than air. And then he, he throws it back to old King Thor. He's like, no, 
I'll trade you. And he hands hands him his axe back, and then they just start going going to town again. That he just says, makes him more worthy at that point, like having the power in your hand and being able to run with it, and just yeah. you know still stepping down to like what you know is right at the moment. the The last thing that young Thor says in the narration of this issue is he says, "My name is Thor Odinson, God of Thunder, Prince of Asgard, and today is not the greatest day of my life. It is just another day." Because they're all pretty bore damned great when you're me. That's so cool. <laughs> so that uh that is that is the kind of the end of that issue. Also is the from the Thor ongoing series. That is the end of War of the Realms right there because War of the Realms is closed out in the next issue of the main event title. Do you see any of that fight in the War of Realms or no? You see any of the of what fight that Malketh fight? Like, oh yeah, that the 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 last issue is almost exclusively that fight. Okay, cool, nice. So, um, much like some listeners, um, you know, I'll I'll suggest to Brandon, you know, because friends suggest good things to friends, um, but also listeners, if you have not read War of the Realms yet, go listen, go watch, uh, go read War of the Realms, and then go listen to our companion conversation with Ryan Panagos, where we go through, uh, we go through it, not in detail, but we go through the main themes of the crossover and Ryan, I think Ryan being a, being a close friend of Jason Aaron, like he, he kind of understands how to view that story. And I really like how Ryan broke that down. So just a little bit of editorial, go check out that episode after you've read the crossover. Hey there, listeners, friends, fellow sojourners along the Bifrost. It's Ryan here, and it's the time of the episode where I give you that reminder that you've probably gotten used to, but I still want to remind you that for a few bucks a month, you can join the Thor Corps and you can get bonus episodes, early episodes, and be a part of the show, being part of determining where the show is going. You'll get it, you're gonna know things before anybody else on the main feed. We dropped three bonus episodes last week for Thanksgiving, and we've got another bonus episode coming up after this episode drops on the main feed this week. This week, we are running Brandon through a really fun quiz to see how much he knows about the first Thor movie. And you could also challenge yourself by seeing how much you remember from the first Thor movie. You get fun bonus episodes like that. If you just join the Thor Corps for a few bucks a month, there's a link in the episode description you can follow to join the Thor Corps. But either way, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode so far. We hope you enjoyed the rest of the conversation with Brandon about the end of Jason Aaron's run on Thor. Enjoy. Here is where the story starts to wrap up. It starts to conclude. And the next few issues, 15 and 16, are kind of a prologue of not just the War of the Realms, but also a prologue to the entire series that we've been, you know, we've been leading up to this War of the Realms for years, literally years on this book. And now the big event is done. And I yeah, actually what's, think what's crazy is that where I am in the Jane Foster stuff, they start talking about the war of realms is coming. And that's like way, way back when, you know, yep. like her first or second miniseries at that point, they talk, they start talking about war of the realms 
a long time in the yeah. past. Um, you know, kudos for to Jason for long-term storytelling. Yeah. Um, and you know, always having that kind of that North Star mm-hmm. to go towards like everything leads to War of the Realms. Everything leads to it. Um, but I honestly think, Brandon, like issues 15 and 16 are my favorite issues that we're covering today. Yeah, hands down. It answers so much within these pages and it's a total it's a nice closing to his run to the series to this long you know journey and story that he began from god butcher onto here he doesn't leave a single loose thread a single rock unturned like i love seeing what happened to jane how she absorbed um i guess she absorbed something and then fucking now she has like do you want to know what she absorbs what does she absorb so I, I, was, I don't know how she's alive, but don't spoil it for me. But this is how this is how nerdy and weird I get with Thor comics. Uh so Jane, when when Malekith is defeated, the Warhammer is destroyed. Uh-huh. And when the Warhammer is flying back to her, it, it comes back in this like amorphous, like gold kind of elemental you know look to it and it starts wrapping around her arm and it becomes undyarn the all weapon oh wow and that is a big it's a it's a big element of the jane foster valkyrie comics where it, oh. it it's it's a weapon that becomes whatever she needs at the moment so uh yeah this is undyarn um nice. the all weapon That's so sick. yeah Anyway, that's and just a, a dorky Thor flex right there. Then you have like the leftover of Loki's dad's body, like just ripped open, and the concern yeah. of Freya, like of what's going on, and trying to like realizing like Loki saved us all. That's the thing about Loki; he's fucking causes it all, but he also saves us all. You know, right? Um, and you know him taking over the Frost Trolls and shit like that, and seeing what they do with Malketh and that crazy prison that they've created for him. And oh yeah. I think it's going to be so dark, but it's not. Um, I love that. I, I think that was a nice. His punishment is so awesome. Yeah. Tell us about the punishment. Just like recap. So, it, okay. So um, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell that part uh, once after I'm going to read the prologue real quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, so issue 15 starts with a prologue. And it says the war of the realm is over when the Malekith, when the dark elf King Malekith gave Thor an ultimatum to face him alone or witness the death of his parents. Thor sought out the world tree, not growing from now growing from the sun for answers. And he found them gathering Thors from across space and time, including Jane Foster as the war Thor, the God of thunder confronted Malekith and with the wisdom of the world tree and the energy of the mother storm reforged the lost hammer Mjolnir. Now Malekith is defeated. Loki is resurrected after bursting through the stomach of his father, King Laufey. Jane Foster is on the verge of a new transformation after the Warthor's hammer broke apart. And Odin has just declared his son the new Allfather of Asgard. Things are changing in the Ten Realms, but what happens next? So, at the end of the War of the Realms, the last little thing you see on the last page is the end, the beginning. So there's this whole setup of like, you know, the, the, the prologue is important. It's leading into this new era, this new 
time for Thor. And that also includes our villain, Malekith, because he is sent to hell uh, or Niflheim, uh, to be more specific, because there's so many different hells in the Marvel Universe. Um, but he's sent to Niflheim and the queens of Niflheim are Hela and Carnilla right now. Yeah, they are. They are joined in this union of mutual death and demise, and they are trying to construct a an appropriate punishment for the dark elf that would would seek to tear the nine world, the ten worlds apart. What is a punishment fitting enough for the for the for the being that declared war on the entire world tree? So. Malekith doesn't fear pain. He doesn't fear death because he actually enjoys death. He enjoys pain. He's a masochist on a universal level. What would be the worst thing for Malekith to repaint his life as it could have been to repaint his life as this idyllic, hopeful, almost peaceful scene where his dogs all like play with him in the, in, in the, you know, in the rolling Hills. And he has this fun, you know, he has, a, he has a childhood. He doesn't. Yeah. He gets to live his life. Finally, yeah. Life. Yeah. That is the biggest punishment they could ever offer Malekith is happiness, mm-hmm. wholeness and hope and joy. Um, and Malekith hates it. Like he absolutely hates it. Um, I'm going to flip to the the pages. Cause I'm, I just, the, the, the lines towards the end are so good. Cause he says, um, Oh goodness. Um, yeah, so the narration goes like this. From horror, a beauty to boggle the mind and take the breath away even among the breathless. From suffering comes justice. From sin, divine retribution. Through war comes peace. And uh, and there's a little line where Carnilla says, indeed, and here is Mal- Malekith, the elf boy, the corpse burner, the war slave, long may he frolic. Yes, and it's uh, this image that. of him playing with all the puppies. The narration continues and says a freedom never ending, never ending like the screams of Malekith screaming for the loss of self and the horror of what could have been. I mean, come on, Jason, your pen must have been on fire. (laughs) This whole issue, because I do that, like Thor speech that goes on when he just, you know, and it always circles back to this. Oh, yeah, we got to come back to that. Is that, you know, when he realizes like how fragile it is to be worthy and how it is to be aligned and to make the right choices. And, you know, I was lost without you even more than I ever had been before. It was a hard lesson to learn, especially for a God who moves, who moves moons and thunder and holds thunderstorms in his hands. Even after all these many years, after a life lived among the highest heavens and the nethermost hells, worthiness is a fragile thing. And so, so the hell is the mighty Thor and just admitting like this guy, what he just said, yeah, you can fuck with moons and do all this crazy shit. And still like, he's still fragile. Like he's still things happen and it impacts him. doesn't matter how strong and powerful he is. Like these things that the times he breaks and he even says, I pray that never changes. He never wants to stop being fragile. He never wants to stop you know, questioning his worthiness and keeping himself in check. Um, the day I stop struggling to be worthy is the day I lose the storm for good. And the day gore is proven right once and for all. And that's just like the ultimate evil that we started the story with. He's just right. like, you know, the day I stop, you know, 
so the day I stop doing what I do, that's when like everyone's right. And yeah. you don't want everyone to be right. You want to prove it to yourself that you could fucking do it. And you want to prove everyone wrong. That's like, instead you couldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, there, that's there's a cuts with Jason Aaron. Oh boy. Like yep. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's known to, uh, he's known to cause a tear or two. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's another great moment that I just want to highlight here towards the end. And then we'll get to our last issue is Odin and Freya walk into the throne room as you know, just after the moment that Brandon referenced there where he's talking to the hammer. Um, the other Thors show up, but then Odin shows up with Freya and he says, I know what you need, Thunder God. I have always known. I was just too weak, too much of a damned coward, but no more. Odin is the way and the wrath and the wonder. Qu- uh, quoting back to some old Stan Lee hyperbole. Odin is the all God. Odin is Asgard. Odin is, and Odin is proud of you. In the name of all the gods, I am proud of my son. And then the the narration goes back and it says, the horrors of war sometimes bring more than ruin. War can give birth to miracles as well. And I just, I love that moment that Odin finally, after Years and years of Jason writing this character. Odin and Thor have not seen eye to eye most of any of this run. Yeah, yeah. And Odin finally says, I'm proud of you. Like you are, he kneels before him in in the end of War of the Realms and declares him all father. And he says, I'm proud of you. And I I absolutely love, love, love that there's redemption for that father son that very tenuous very stress inducing relationship that they have i love how jason chose to end their relationship um but exactly that his speech at the middle of this issue dude made me straight up fucking cry today like um it is it's amazing because what it does is that it reminds you what this character has shown us and it reminds you right. what we've seen this character go through um you know, he said he's prepared a speech, you know, about how he changed the lives of everyone here. It saved us, inspired us, outrank us. He showed us how to soar as a god, to walk as a man, to rage to rage as the mightiest of storms. He showed us all how to fall with grace and rise again, stronger than ever. How to rise above our unworthiness by owning it. I wanted to speak of how he showed us these such things and so much more. All of us. No one knows more than me. I want to tell my son that uh, my greatest pride as a father is to see myself surpass to see myself surpassed by him in every way man that's just Whew, oh. dude yeah i got teary eyed reading that that's like so great and i mean for what you're saying with their like relationship between the two and seeing you know kind of reflecting back to this long ass run that we follow jason for and this character that we love and what he's proven to us and for what we can do you know how you know he's inspired us just to keep on going every time yeah and from being unworthy and you know when you feel unworthy and you don't feel like you know holding millionaire isn't just like you know he's a god and it's badass but he's like yeah. there's, a, there's a thing behind it like and people overlook that and that's why you've covered this entire run is to prove how to like go from being on top of it all to crashing and coming out of it and coming out stronger and better by yeah. just continuing to pursue what you do yeah it this last issue is a fitting a fitting close. Yeah. Because it's it's Thor's feasting day. It's Thor's, you know, it's the prelude to his coronation. And where is Thor? 
Thor is kicking ass and just being a fucking god hero across the universe. (laughs) But not in the way that most people would think in a superhero comic. In yeah, it's not Superman. He's not saving kittens. He's not pulling people out of like burning buildings and shit. Like he's feeding starving children on the. He's rebuilding houses. Like he's rebuilding churches, which is an interesting. Um, you know, I thought that was a cool connection towards you, like in that sense. Yeah, no. So I'll, 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 I'll pick up there. But two things I just wanted to mention from the beginning of this issue. Um, the title is "Once Upon a Time in Asgard," and I, I, I love, I love that issue title. Um, but also there is a spectacular. With this issue, there's a spectacular Alex Ross variant cover where Thor is it's that it's that famous scene of Thor from, you know, the 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 Kirby and Lee era where he's drinking a milkshake at a at a diner and everyone is surrounded by him like, hey, Thor, tell us some stories about, you know, um, you know, trolls and 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 dwarves and elves and stuff. And Thor is just sipping a milkshake, which is so funny. And the Alex Ross cover is, of course, it's beautiful. Um, but the but when we open up on this last issue, Thor is having a conversation with a pastor in Mississippi, and he's rebuilding a church that was destroyed during the War of the Realms. And the, mm-hmm. the preacher says, uh, it uh. An F5, they said, a mile wide, stayed on the ground, a near all day, took the church right down to the Daggum Foundation, and it's a wonder no one was killed. No, we couldn't even afford. We couldn't afford no insurance, and there aren't exactly a bunch of Tony Starks in this here congregation. weren't no weren't no way we were going to be able to rebuild, but we sure did pray a lot about it that we could do. And well, I guess it looks like the good book says. God works in mysterious ways. And then um, Thor replies to him and says, the wood is from Asgard, hewn from the master builder dwarves. Once we are finished, your church will stand for a thousand years. You do good work in your community, pastor, helping people in need. And no matter their race, religion, or sexual identity, we need more churches like yours. That is a shot across the bow from uh, from pronounced atheist Jason Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the pastor says, we do our best, sir. It is always nice to know that someone's looking out for us. We are sure we surely do appreciate the help, but a fellow like you, Mr. Thor, I got to ask, isn't there somewhere else more important you ought to be? And Thor just has, he's hammering in a nail with Mjolnir. He just says, no. Yeah. And you find Straight out up. that it's no. the day of his coronation. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that sets up every, what a good setup. Like, you already know the answer to everything. You know what I mean? In those two pages. And you get why. And you have you see his mission going through while they're all waiting for him. But he's like too busy trying to serve and be a king that serves. And I love that they they that Jason doesn't end this run with Thor being the warrior that kills and defeats the most bad guys. Mm-hmm. He becomes a servant king. Yes. Like a gracious and servant king. Yeah, exactly. He right. is humble. He is more interested in rebuilding the worlds mm-hmm. than, you know, just jumping off to the next conflict. He actually and wants I mean, to be 
a leader kids who like they just said we were brought up on war we don't know how to farm we know how to make weapons like we can't survive anymore and he's the one feeding them and giving i was them actually going to read that one next okay, yeah, <laughs> i mean it's a good one because um we go to Spartalheim, which is malekith's domain and malekith he he the first people that he he overtook were his own people mm-hmm. malekith was not this you know savior of his own people he imprisoned his own people um, you know, that 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 correlates to, you know, some some real world examples. Um, you know, the the first countries that often get overtaken are the ones that, you know, are are the home to the to the the tyrants. Yeah. So we go to Svartalheim and uh the the dark elf children it says, I've 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 never prayed before. Before the war, it was not allowed. So I'm sorry if I'm not doing this right, but we're just hungry. Uh, all the food we had went to the feed the armies. Malekith only ever trained his people for war. I know how to forge venom-tipped, fang-barbed arrowheads, but not how to farm. Please, in the name of Cull the Liberator, yeah. they're they're invoking that you know that the Cull's name from three issues ago. Say, someone help us, or the dark elves will starve into ex- into extinction. And you get that classic line of Thor saying, "I say thee nay." Yeah. No one starves, not today of all days, not ever. I am all Father Thor, and I bring the tidings of Asgard. Like, that is like, it's one page. That's yeah. all on one page. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Jason Aaron's like masterful stuff. I mean, the last part I'd point out is like, then you see young Thor, and he's walking by the weapons, and he sees Mjolnir, and right. he's like amazed by it, and he approaches it, but then he holds himself back. He holds back the urge controls himself and he's like you can wait i can wait yeah yeah isn't that great i can wait um and then it just leads uh, let's let's read how let's read how it ends this is the last two pages odin odin is frustrated he didn't get to say the speech and freya is just like come on let's you know let's leave thor to do his thing like he'll figure it out like he you know we love him. He knows we're proud of him now. Like, let's just let him do his thing. And this is how the ongoing series written by Jason Aaron ends. Old King Thor. He is out, uh, overlooking Asgard, the, the, the Rainbow Bridge, all of it. And he says, <laughs> from the past ruin, from the ruins of the past to the crumbling desolation of the future, all that work yet to be done for the newly crowned all father, all ultimately for naught. If only I could have told him what a curse the crown will be. Congratulations, King Thor. Now you get to outlive everyone you've ever known. Every realm, every world that you've ever saved, you will be there to watch the final whimpering death of our entire universe and be unable to do anything about it. How does that sound, mighty king? And then this, 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 these tendrils of black energy consume him as we hear this, this maniacal laugh from off panel. We flip it to the last page and we see a very dark, very sinister looking Loki. He says, That sounds right. And that sounds about right to me. Yeah. That was a sweet. Oh, man. What a way to end it. And of course, leading to King Thor. Which is the yes, to be continued version of this, like 
<laughs> great stuff, man. I'm I'm so excited to finish catching up reading the rest of the run. It's been yeah. so great. And this like by itself individually, like I don't feel spoiled. You know what I mean? I'm no, no. Run, you know, like it wasn't like one of those things. Kind of just appreciated it, you know, like yeah. the scope and how far it goes and just how great of a writer Jason is to connect stuff and kind of reading the ending and I'm in the middle and I'm seeing the way it's all, you know, it's very fresh all in my head. Right yeah. Now. You've read so the well chapter of the book, but you yeah. still see what, how it gets filled in along the way. Yeah. Cause there's so much that is just intriguing. You can't really just stop. You want to like see the lead into this and the results and see how it's played out. And you also get to see how well he laid out the story. That's yeah. great stuff for what you're saying, the long-term storylines and, you know, that comic aspect. Um, so there's, so there's, I originally, I asked Brandon uh, about doing something towards the end here, but I feel like maybe it's more fitting to end the episode this way. Um, go, I'll just say this, go follow Paul City Comics. Paul City Comics has a lot of fun stuff going on right now um, on Instagram. You know, uh, just go check out all their stuff. The, the punk anthology, all of that. Brandon, is there any other like small little plug you want to do there before I do this, this ending? Uh, no, that's about it. Yeah, just keep up with our Instagram. We'll be doing drink and draw again soon, but we're making comments. awesome, it'll be fun. Uh, at Mighty Thor Podcasts, go review the podcast, go do all that. Um, I really feel like we need to end this episode the way Jason ended his run. Um, and that is reading the letter page. Oh, shit. um, so listeners, we love you, you guys are awesome. Um, we got a lot of great episodes coming out in December, but we're going to end this episode the way Jason ended his ongoing series of Thor. And we're going to read his letter page. Well, this is the end for me of sorts with this issue. I have now taken our present day Thor just about as far as I ever will. He has survived the God butcher unworthiness and the war of wars to become the one-eyed one-armed Mjolnir toting king of Asgard sounds familiar doesn't it who knew that the wild adventure that wild adventures lie in store for the all father Thor well I've got at least a little idea of what's coming for the god of thunder but more on that in a minute I'll save my seven years worth of thanks and blubbery goodbyes for a few months from now but I do want to take a moment to bid a very heartfelt adieu to Mike Del Mundo. I've had a very, I've been very spoiled when it comes to artists for my Thor run, going back to Isad Ribic at the beginning and continuing on through Russell Dodderman and Olivia Coipel, all artists, all artistic heavyweights at the peak of their prowess, each with their own wildly imaginative and distinctive styles. That's a tough group to follow, but Mike took the Asgardian baton with the latest volume with the rebirth of Thor Odinson and in a very much made the character his own made Thor's entire world his own. No one in comics or anywhere else is going to out imagine Mike Del Mundo, the wild life and pure uncut passion and beautiful weirdness. He injects into each page was filled has filled me each and every month with complete and utter joy, awe, and gratitude. Thank you, Mike. It has been a thunderous pleasure. So where do we go from here? Well, back to the very beginning in one sense, and all the way to the dark and dismal end in another, the end of everything that's ever been or ever will be, the last Thor story. 
That's what awaits you in the pages of King Thor, along with the triumphant return of Isad Ribic, maybe a few other good friends as well, as I try to say goodbye in style. It is the end of my run on Thor, and I've decided that when I leave, I'm going to take the whole universe with me. Join me in the fire, won't you? Jason Aaron, Kansas City, August 2019. Stay worthy. Nice. Jason Aaron. Yeah, dude, that's that's such a great letter page right there. Um, you know, Mike Del Mundo, I didn't realize he did the coloring a lot on a lot of stuff, too. I mean, dude, he's awesome. It, Mike is one of those artists where I can honestly say in my immaturity, starting out reading comics, I was like, this is too weird. I could see that. I could definitely see that because it's like a little thick lined and real, not like rigid, straight cut. It yeah. kind of has like a blend and a flourish to him. Um, yeah. His letter page, it's, it's super sweet. It's a, uh, let me see it. This book has been such an amazing ride. I feel like my art flourished throughout my run, and I'm so proud of what I was able to accomplish. It's all because of the complex, fun, emotional, action-packed scenes and intimate moments that Jason writes. I've been truly spoiled by how Jason crafts this beautiful story, and I'm super blessed to be a part of this his epic run. So, so many standout moments, from Tooth Grinder driving Thor's boat and to Odin's and Thor's father-son scenes, the battle scene with Juggernaut, Baldur's monster truck, Loki and his father's relationship, there's Roz melting away of Frost Giant, uh, Thanos and Hela's breakup, Thor's torture scene with angels, and I can't forget the murderous dog, Thori. <laughs> There's so many other scenes to name. Thank you, Jason, for making me part of your story. It's really been surreal, and I hope we can do it again. Weird, Weird World gave me such a small fix of your talent, and it left me wanting more. Finally got it with Thor. Thanks to Will Moss and Sarah Brunstan for an amazing job at calling the plays in this book and making sure each detail was carefully looked at with love and also guiding me through this whole price process. Joe Sabino, your lettering is impeccable. Thank you. Marco, I couldn't have finished this book without you. You're the best at setting the stage and laying down that lighting. I also love the names you make up in the layers palette. I'm going to miss this book. Bring on the thunder. Regards, Mike Domundo. Dude, what a good sign-off Like for such an epic, long... I mean, yeah. I have the complete collection. It's five volumes, and that encompasses all of it. And it's about 40 issues of volume. Or not, not 40, 20 issues of volume. So that's insane. And that's not including War of Realms either. It just no, no. It's like, yeah. It's, that is, um, you know, it's funny, listeners. I like when we started this, I was like, I want to read my favorite Thor comics of my favorite people. And I'm now just like appreciating these stories in a whole different way because uh, Jason Aaron's Thor came into my life at a time when I was, I was in kind of a, a personal kind of upheaval. And, you know, it may sound trite um, to be like, you know, comics mean a lot to me. Um, but comics found me at a time when I needed something to express the emotions that I couldn't express myself. And Jason Aaron's Thor does that. Um, you know, I've been able to thankfully tell him this in person that his comics are, it's weird. Like it almost is like, sometimes they predict my feelings. They predict my emotions. They, they feel my feelings for me in a way. Um, and these, Honestly, these letter pages, 
meant a lot towards the end. Um, and the one that he writes at the end of King Thor, I guarantee you, I will cry through because I, I've done it. I've cried through it multiple times, but, um, and you know, Jason's letters are another reason why we end this show every single time with stay worthy. Um, because we've learned through the long journey of coming through this retrospective that really for Thor, the, the struggle of worthiness or unworthiness is the struggle. Mm -hmm. It is the, it is the work. It's the getting up every day and seeing if you can lift the hammer. It's getting up every day and trying your absolute best. It's giving, getting up every day and sacrificing and loving others and choosing to rebuild the world like Thor does at the end here. He doesn't pick up the hammer and fight another troll. He doesn't fight another giant. He doesn't, you know, go looking for the next thing to hit. He goes looking for people to feed, for nails to be put into, you know, buildings that need to be repaired. He carries uh, an organ off to a person that needs it. Heroes are more than warriors. If you're just a warrior, then yeah, you're going to look for the next fight. But if you're a hero, you look for the next person to bring hope to. And that is what the end of this run signifies. Now, there is a there's a bonkers four issue miniseries coming and there is a lot of intensity and a lot of great storytelling in that but i love that this run this ongoing series ends with thor being a servant king with him being a humble hope-filled um god who also understands what it's like to be a man um he wants to understand people he wants to feed people he wants to give them roofs to live under um and jason has often said this when describing his work on thor because again remember uh he is a he in terms of belief he's an atheist so it was if i was going to believe in a god what would i want that god to look like and we have this awesome. we have this at the end so I love that um, we end our show the way Jason ended his run and we remind people um, to simply put wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever circumstance you are in, continue to strive, continue to work, um, continue to achieve health, friendship, joy, happiness, hope. And remember, everybody, stay worthy.